Bryson. I'm a senior at Cornell studying English with a concentration in African-American literature. And with me, I have a student, another student in one of my classes, actually, on spoken word and hip hop. And, you know, she's Latoya Francis. And then switch over, you can tell us a bit more about yourself. Okay, cool. So yeah, my name is Latoya. Um, I'm from Brooklyn. My family is Jamaican. Um, I'm first gen. Uh, that's something I'm super proud of. Um, I'm in ILR and I also go to Cornell and I'm a junior right now. So yeah. Perfect, perfect, yep. And I chose, I asked Latoya to be a part of this podcast largely because based on the way I'm organizing it, I'm gonna have a 20 year old black woman, a 40 year old black woman, or at least in their 40s and 20s, and a black woman in her 60s. And I kind of took the time just to see that intergenerational, the struggle and also the perspective on what it means to be a black woman. And more specifically, what it means to sometimes be emotional or be passionate and what that looks like, if it's portrayed as anger or as frustration, what that kind of means. And Latoya and I were in class and she actually read the poem that I thought was really cool, specifically speaking about being a black woman and the anger felt by a black woman at the hands of black men. So this is honestly a really interesting, perfect conversation to have with a black woman and a black man together. So we're gonna start off with Latoya reading her poem. If she wants to introduce it, talk a bit more about it and see what she says with it. So take it away. Okay, cool. So <laughs> I'm actually like happy that I have this like opportunity to preface it before I start like reading. Um, because in class, we did not have the opportunity. It was like, okay, title of your poem. Oh. And I was like, eek. okay. Um, but I'm glad I get to, you know, do this little intro because this is actually something that I wrote over the summer. Um, in the midst of everything, like we were like in the middle of a civil war over the summer practically and like I wrote it in the midst of that and I don't know if it was so much relating to everything that was going on around me as much as like everything that was going around going on around me triggered emotions that I had always felt and I remember I was having a conversation with one of my friends at that moment and it was just like I just felt myself going on and on I was like all right I need to write this down I need to write this down I need to write this down so I wrote it down um, and then I actually ended up posting it on Instagram and like that was a little bit out of character for me. Um, not that I hadn't had like a bit of a long-winded Instagram post prior to that, like that's definitely something that I've done before, but like I try, I usually try my best not to like be cussing on social media and all that stuff because I think that's one thing that's like a lot of times, especially if you're like a minority and you're in like a PWI and you got your whole career ahead of you it's like you have those things in the back of your mind like okay I'm not gonna be cussing on the internets so that they don't want to hire me you know when that time comes around and whatnot but it's definitely one of those moments where I was like all right this is how I'm feeling you know and I did not proofread this or anything but I definitely feel like it needs to be said and I posted it like in like the middle of the night <laughs> and I'm the type of person that checks my insights so I know like posting in the middle of the night doesn't does not do well for you in terms of like traction and engagement but it was just very much like an in the moment kind of thing you know that's how I was feeling I want people to know, and that's just how it went. So 
and actually I didn't have a title for it because I didn't write it in terms of like it being a poem you know I just kind of wrote it because that's just what was on my mind but then um when it came around to the class I was like I guess I could read this poetically <laughs> and I feel like it could translate because I don't know I didn't really see um I felt myself trying to write a poem on topics that I felt like I had already expressed before. And therefore I was like, let me just use this, you know? So yeah, that's my intro. Um, also that time reading it in class was my first time ever reading it out loud. Um, so this is gonna be my second time ever reading it out loud. And I didn't even read it out loud in its completion during class. So I read it out fully now. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this, Bryson. I feel like I'm like revisiting it. So I'm excited to talk <laughs> about it. <after. laughs> of course. So boom. Okay. The caption that I gave the post is angry black girl alert with a little siren emoji. So that will be serving as the title. Okay. Boom. I've said it a trillion times and I will say it again. Black men, y'all need to do better. This shit is sickening and y'all be so disappointing sometimes. And I'm not hearing that I hate black men because on the fucking contrary, I love y'all too much, which is why this shit hurts so bad and I'm so fucking done. Stop saying black women are so strong and are the backbone of the movement when we're actually the entire body but the face every time. Y'all really make me sick sometimes to the point where I could really cry and I have before several times. It literally brings tears to my eyes to sit in a room of Black women or be in a group chat with Black women just praising y'all, talking about how fine this Black man is and how this one is about to do big things. When I literally think to myself every time, if I were to bring every Black man y'all have mentioned into a room together with no one else, they would not speak of us the same way. And then y'all say we're angry and we're aggressive, and we're to this and to that. But then on Mother's Day, y'all have the audacity to be on some, this is the strongest woman I know. Y'all posting your wives and girlfriends that y'all cheated on and beat on a hundred times talking about ride or die. No, <laughs> no. Black women deserve love that doesn't come with pain. Black women should never be an afterthought, ever especially when y'all are always our priority. And it's to hell with our own problems every damn time. Having a black girlfriend is not enough. Y'all are not doing enough. I've had friends be in bed with a nigga that told them their future wife gotta be light-skinned with curly hair for their children's sake. And guess what she wasn't? Light-skinned with curly hair. We know what it feels like to have niggas pay more attention to you the less ethnic your hair looks. We know what it feels like to bring our non-Black girlfriends around and feel like niggas aren't paying attention to you anymore. I have had Black men look me in the eye and tell me how much Black men go through. How come y'all get to be the biggest victims, but we don't because we're too busy being strong? Y'all can celebrate us for being so strong, but then don't want to talk to us for the same reason. The minute I defend myself, niggas don't like me anymore. I got to walk around and keep key and braid your hair and cook your food and act dumb for you to like me so you don't think I'm one of those black girls fuck that shit for real black men y'all have so much privilege that y'all don't even acknowledge simple things like wondering from a young age where the fuck you're gonna find a prom date are just not reality for y'all and y'all have the audacity to be hyping yourselves and each other up right now like we're not out here doing that for y'all already i'm sick y'all need to need to do better i'm fucking done and don't hit me up saying you love me and i'm so strong we don't want to be fucking strong all the time 
time. We have no choice, literally none. We either going to be strong or get shit on by all of society. And I mean all of it. Because y'all, at least at the very least, can say that Black women want to see you win even if no one else does. And trust me, other people do, even if it is for their own gain. And we, frankly, don't have that. We don't even have that in each other. Literally nobody is out here fighting for Black women but us, and it's not even all of us, because I'm still out here trying to convince Black women that we're worth it and trying to convince myself at the same damn time. Y'all are not helping, and on top of that, y'all are the ones these racist white people are referring to when they're on some, I'm not racist, I have a Black friend. Y'all are the Black friends. Y'all are the teammates and the bros that are comfortable hanging with and fucking the rest of society society that couldn't care less if we live or die. Y'all don't defend us, you don't protect us, and then y'all want to get on social media and go around writing these fucking spoken word poems talking about some Nubian queen. Fuck that shit. Because at the end of the day, y'all get off Insta, off Twitter, off Facebook, off the fucking stage, and go straight back to your white women and your Latinas and whoever else. And the colorism. Don't get me started. Y'all only love dark-skinned women when they're covered in baby oil on Instagram. Love talking about some Lupita, but won't even talk to the dark-skinned girls in your midst. And then when y'all do talk to Black girls, y'all don't even really see us. You either just see a body or you want to make me your Michelle. I don't want to be your Michelle, like at all, not even a little bit. When you see me, I would like you to see me like I see you. <laughs> what the fuck? Y'all get me so tight. And then y'all be so defensive, so defensive. So many of us grow up in households when we've never seen our mothers loved the way they should be. The sad part is y'all see that shit too. So many Black mothers just get fucking shit on all the time. And y'all are okay with continuing that? Meanwhile, Black girls will do so fucking much just for y'all's respect, just for you to like us. And some of y'all will have all the Black girlfriends in the world braiding your hair, helping you with this, wiping your tears, but you won't date them. You only love them up to a certain point, if at all. Why? Why are y'all like this? But then everybody loses their shit when Serena Williams, who so many of y'all literally said looked like a man, marries the white man. Or when Meg was rumored to be with g Easy, and everybody lost their damn mind. But y'all cool with like every black male celebrity and their white, non-black, or light-skinned wives. Y'all have so much work to do. So much. And this is not to derail the conversation going on in the world at all. Because of course, we'd rather y'all not die. So we still finna march and shout and fun raise and cry and rant and defend and protect and put ourselves last while black women literally dying in the same movement are an afterthought <laughs> consistently and every day we got to be on campus amongst fucking rapists and abusers who if they aren't you are your best fucking bros because y'all don't care about black women. Black women are fucking dying at disproportionately high rates giving birth to y'all, but y'all not gonna talk about that. Black women are higher educated and the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, but less likely to be married, but we're not gonna talk about that. The people holding y'all schools and campuses down are most likely Black women. The people holding you down are most likely Black women, but y'all don't give a fuck. Who was surprised that Black Lives Matter was founded by three Black women? Nobody. Y'all gotta figure this, sh this shit out for real. Figure that shit the fuck out instead of fucking patting yourselves on the back for existing. I'm sick. But I'm gonna go back to fighting for your lives, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I loved it. It was really cool. <laughs> 
it's it speaks to so many different like concepts that I feel like a lot of people don't are either one a little bit too afraid to explicitly say, or they say it and it just falls in deaf ears. You know what I mean? People aren't really listening. They hear you, but they're not really listening to it. You know what I mean? But I think it's really interesting that you made the poem, in particular the, 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 the idea of the relationship between Black men and Black women. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really fickle and I feel like rarely given attention to relationship in general, right? Um, first thoughts, I'll just say those. Loved it, amazing, emotive. I agree with you 100%. It's something that I, I, I get frustrated as a Black guy witnessing and seeing, you know what I mean? And it's something that what I particularly liked about your poem, it makes me think differently about, wait, let me just check myself too. You know what I mean? Like just because I can agree, I can be wholehearted and 100% with you on everything. First, let me like check myself and see, well, wait, do I do that sometimes? Am I like not really aware of this? In particular, the line when you speak about, we want our Michelle Obamas or Lupitas, right? I'll be completely honest with you, like, when I first came to college, my goal was, you know, I want me a Michelle Obama. That was literal actual words that I have said before, you know what I mean? And it makes me think, even hearing you say this, and this is something that I kind of had to come to terms with and check myself a while back, but hearing it reaffirmed in your words where it's like, well, wait, why does it have to be a Michelle Obama? Why can't it just be me? And what does that mean? Like, why are you saying that? You know what I mean? So, like, it's a really thought-provoking poem for sure. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say to that point like again like I feel like like this is my first time reading it out loud in its entirety right mm -hmm. and I have revisited it a few times but I kind of in the moment it was kind of just like a I said what I said y'all finna read it like <laughs> that's about it and I definitely feel like reflecting on it like I've never really had the opportunity to I guess go back and dissect it and like speaking to that point about the Michelle I feel like this is something a lot of us are guilty of to a certain extent because I guess as Black people or young Black people growing up in America is like these are the role models that we have, you know, and it's like this Barack and Michelle idea is like, okay, we're going to be partners in success and in capitalism, you know, yeah. <laughs> like we come to college and I feel like that's kind of the ideal that people are chasing. I feel like most people wouldn't necessarily see something wrong with that. But I guess the point I was trying to get at when I like said that line in particular is like this idea of, you know, as black women, there's the, either you're like at the bottom of society and like everybody's like shitting on you or there's this pedestal that you're placed on which I don't know if is much better you know I think like a lot of times like it may feel nice to be like oh my queen like my Michelle this and the third thing but then at the same time it's like it almost feels like either you're subhuman or you're superhuman and are either of those a good thing if you don't have that humanity, you know, that that middle, that balance, you know, it feels like that is lacking regardless. So even if you see me as, you know, someone who's undeserving, unworthy, and you know, nothing in your eyes versus someone who is everything in your eyes and like this, like I'm gonna have this person on my arm who's going to elevate me, you know, and bring me to the next levels. And like, you see me as like a partner in upward mobility. It's like, 
I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing to see someone and like recognize how they can, you know, enhance your own image or being. Um, I guess at the borderline, that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, I feel like a lot of Black women, we may be guilty of that ourselves. You know, some of us want to be someone's Michelle or we want to find our Barack, you know, but it's like, what does that do for us in terms of like how we are seeing the other person? I guess like my underlying message is like, I remember after that line, I was like, you know, I want you to see me like how I see you, you know, and it feels like if you, if you see me and you see your opportunity, you know, or you see like your potential Michelle, quote unquote, then it's like, do you see LaToya at all, you know, or are you just attracted to this idea of having a like smart driven you know college educated black woman next to you you know are you attracted to the idea of like the oh yes we met at cornell university <laughs> and our ivy league babies and da 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 you know it just feels like the humanity is lacking either way whether you're like shitting on me or you're like elevating me to the highest high it just feels like the humanity is lacking and it's like I know I because you mentioned taking classes um with black professors a little bit before like we started recording and um I actually took a class with a professor named Russell Rickford at Cornell and he's super great um and the class was called Black Radical Tradition in the U.S. and there was a piece that we read by um this like black radical feminist group from like the 70s called the Kambahi River Collective and so funny you brought that up because I was literally gonna bring that up to you after you finished right so okay you know I'm a, I'm a teacher for the class I talked about it before and I had to give a presentation and no lie the Kambahi you asked also why what drove me to want to be part of the class too in so many words and for me it was actually reading that Kambahi River Statement Collective for the first time two years ago. And this semester, I ended up doing a presentation. The TAs, we had to give a presentation to kind of show the students what to, what we're going to be looking for when they present their assignments and research. And I did mine on the Kambahi River Statement Collective, right? And there was a part of that that kind of like I never fully grappled with and never fully understood until what you just said. So I was happy that you kind of, Help me unpack that a bit more too. And they, I think they use the term queendom. Mm-hmm. We don't want to like aspire to your queendom. We don't want that. And in my head, like, as I was reading it, even when I was giving the presentation this semester about it, I was like, well, wait, what does that mean? Right. And in hindsight, I, I probably should have engaged the students with that and kind of gotten their thoughts on that to help me unpack it further. But in my head, I was like the same as I thought, well, wait, like, how come you don't want to be upheld to this? higher standpoint or like to be lauded as my queen and whatnot but to hear you say something like in the sense it's almost the same as making us inhuman again like we just want to be humans right and it, it can't always exist on the dichotomy of us either being subpar or being nothing or being the greatest thing in the world because the truth is no one really falls on either end of those spectrums right even barack obama even michelle obama they don't right. fall on that that spectrum at all. I think they're in the middle somewhere and and it fluctuates. So that's really interesting. I love that you brought the Kambahi River Statement Collective largely because, and this is another question I'm going to ask later on in the interview, how much of it 
of in particular regarding the relationship between black men and black women how much of it do you think education plays a factor right you know like a lot of it i get so 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 frustrated with black men too right and i think to myself well like so <laughs> i think to myself words like wait so you haven't read the Kambahi River Statement Collective? You don't know that's not good, right? When in actuality, it was only two years ago that I read it myself, right? So I wonder if it's a, a question of education in a sense, right? And I'll, I'll tell you beforehand, like, when I think stuff through, I think about, like, I'm just going to give you my thoughts all together. I'm not going to give you, like, a, I haven't decided what I think, but I want to hear what you, like, think about this, right? Part of me is wondering if it's an education thing where if they engage with these different texts and these different studies and they look at the history because a lot of the complaints that even you voiced in your poem are documented, written down, there's essays, there's journals, there's academic papers about those very things. And, you know, I get frustrated because I'm like, well, you, how can you just not know this stuff? How is it not intuitive, right? But on the other hand, I think to myself, well, you know, education, that's a whole entire different conversation to have about access and status in class and I also think to myself well damn there's educated black men who still perpetuate that same exact idea right so I just let me know what you think about that is it like a, a matter of education where you know if you know more you do better or in particular with black men is it a matter of just you being honest with yourself and listening and actually doing better I think that's a really good question because like it's like, how do we define education? You know, because if it's formal school that we're talking about, I definitely feel like that plays a role. But I do think that like a lot of the ways in which we act and I think the ways that black men are socialized to act has to do with like very early socialization all the way through their entire life. <laughs> you know, like it's like, cause there's a part where I talk about, you know, growing up and seeing our mothers, you know, and a lot of what they go through, right? Obviously, all of our moms aren't necessarily going through the same thing, but I know that a lot in my circles, like, like I have a single mom. I have a lot of friends that have a single yeah. mom, and then even if their parents, even if their mothers aren't single, a lot of the times, like, their mothers are kind of carry this, like, disproportionate burden in mm -hmm. terms of how much they see like how much you see your mother go through like this image of this like strong black mother is very like prevalent you know yeah. and I feel like there's just so many aspects that go into you know why you act the way you act you know is it the way that you saw your father treat your mother is that something that you know you chose to take things away from or like I think education like to your point I think once you get to college, you have the opportunity to almost self-select into classes and into spaces, you know? Yeah. So it's like not every Black man is taking a course called Black Women in Political Leadership, you know? And like on top of that, like I feel like just the idea of college in and of itself, I think when we're younger, when you're Black, and sometimes also if you're an immigrant, like if you come from an immigrant family, like this idea of success almost goes hand in hand with like your proximity to whiteness you know mm -hmm. that yeah. like 
you know, the more the more you climb the ladder to upward mobility, the wider you're getting almost. Like, and I say wider in the sense of like, you know, race is a social construct and whiteness is a social construct, you know, but it's a social construct that is that has everything to do with power, that has everything to do with access, you know, with opportunity. And mm-hmm. I feel like in a way that's almost like what we're all seeking, but I feel like especially with black men and in college I've realized like it's like you know how much closer can we get to this idea of whiteness and like a lot of times it seems like even the relationships they choose and like just the circles they are in a lot of times and I'll say we too just speaking for like black young black people more broadly like has a lot to do with like attaining whiteness even if it's not something that we've addressed with ourselves if that Mm -hmm. makes sense so like I agree with you I feel like the more you know like the more you know like it's like you act on what you know for the most part and if it's things that you don't know then you won't act on it but at the same time like I don't know if it takes a course or a reading (laughs) it's like intuitive yeah right and I feel like there's a lot of things where because okay for me I went to a predominantly white school before Cornell I went to a private school since seventh grade and I know, like, my experience as a Black woman in private school was drastically different than that of my Black male friends in many ways. Like, I think that the similarities were in, like, you know, we were all experiencing racism and microaggressions and things like that. But to be a Black man in a white space, especially if you're an athlete, you know, it's like, to is is to be regarded in like such a high place almost like and that's not to be you know naive about the ways in which their bodies are just used you know or like they are seen as like a tool um in many cases but at the same time especially from a social aspect it's like everybody wants to get next to you because you're the epitome of cool black guy you know and it's like everybody you know just sees you as like something to be praised almost and that is not the case for black women in predominantly white spaces it's like you're outside looking in like I remember feeling like I was ugly throughout private school because I was just like all right nobody's paying attention to me and obviously that doesn't mean your self-worth should be defined by you know who's interested in you versus who isn't right yeah right I mean like you're in those formative years of like middle school and high school when it's like all the other girls around me are getting this attention that I'm just not getting but when I was in public school I I was cute <laughs> in public school you know like when all these white people weren't here I remember being cute but now that I'm in this new space I'm just not you know and I feel like that has a lot to do with it in a sense of like how much do we have the privilege to ignore you know and be complacent about because Uh I felt like a lot of my black guy friends growing up in school it's like outside of the curriculum that was just never meant to serve us in in Uh general it's like a lot of the lessons I feel like I learned were from my lived experiences and I couldn't be naive or like ignorant about colorism or anything because it was coming at me forcefully every day whereas like for the black men around me it almost feels like that's not something that they really had to pay attention to because for the most part you know like romantically it seemed like they had options that I just never had Mm -hmm. you know 
far as friend groups go, like, I didn't really feel genuine connections with a lot of, like, my white peers. Like, it, they didn't want to get close to me because they thought that it upped their cool factor, you know, as mm-hmm. much. Like, I definitely feel like I had that at times, but not to the extent of, like, my Black male peers. So, yeah. Yeah, to answer your question, I feel like education, it definitely plays a role. I think we should, you know, aim to be in courses like this and put ourselves in spaces where we can learn more about what Black women experience and endure. But at the same time, I feel like the reason why people would self-select into those spaces is because to a certain extent, they do already see it because they were already paying attention, if that makes sense. Exactly, you're right. And I like the idea of the, the social capital that does come with being a Black guy or Black dude in a white space that isn't always afforded to Black women, right? I think about, especially in, in, in scenarios where, you know, in high school, if you're like an athletic Black dude, so you're popular, everyone loves you. Oh, wow, he's the, he's on the football team. Everyone knows him, right? And for a Black woman where it's like, you, you, you mentioned the fact that, the true fact that Black women are doing better academically than Black men, across the board in a lot of ways, right? So in the sense where the same social capital that Black men get when it's an athletic thing, you can be the smartest Black girl in the school and you would not get that same level of social capital. No one's going to be like, oh, wow, she's so smart. Let me be her friend, right? It's definitely a different a different path that Black women and Black men face, for sure. And it's it really makes you think about, wow, like, especially in college, especially in the high school where you mentioned the point of us self-selecting and how education can very much be effective. If you're taking this class, you're aware of it. You've seen it, you can at least understand the necessity for it, right? And if you can socialize to not see the necessity at all, is it really worth it? Are you just gonna grow, go your entire life not even being aware of the experience? Now, what makes me, what makes me angry, and I'll be real with you, and I can't even think about like a, a I try to rationalize it in my head. I try to play both sides and kind of see like the, the side of the black man perspective. But like, no lie, I'm with you. I've seen, I've been in like households where it's led by the black woman, a single black mom who's doing everything, who's, you know, making men's meet, who's working multiple jobs, who's doing all this stuff and still can have a son who's a black son and still not see the necessity of, giving black women that sense of you know support that like that just makes me angry I, I can't think I try to think of it and you know I, I understand the social you've been socialized and you know you, you you may not see a bunch of like instances where a black woman is you know being lauded as super important but like for you not to be able like to understand that and see wait like I've lived this I know the struggle that my mom faced and then like doing something about that or not doing something about that, that just makes me angry. Like, I can't think of any explanation right. for why. See, you know? I don't know. I feel like, because this is something that, to your point, like I had pointed out in terms of like, you know, this is in your face. You know, it's in mm-hmm. your face, but it, I guess it's not something that you would internalize the same way that I guess I would as a Black girl growing up, where it mm-hmm. almost feels like I can feel my mother's pain even if I haven't endured it, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like... I don't know, I was talking to some of my, um, some of the girls in um, the orgs that I lead on campus. And um, 
I just remember them, you know, kind of just being frustrated with it all. And like, they're freshmen in transfers that like just got here and they're like, oh my God, like the black men on this campus. Uh, I was like, girl, like, I don't know what to say. Like, and I just remember like, okay, for example, one of them <laughs> was talking about how a lot of the black guys that she's um, kind of interacted with thus far have been like, on some oh I'm gonna marry a black woman you know I'm gonna settle down with a black woman but right now I'm just like you know living at my college days you know I'm gonna be with this white girl right now and this white girl right now um but you know senior year I'm gonna find me a black woman and we're gonna settle down yada yada and like that and they're just I remember them all being just kind of frustrated about that and be like oh my god I heard the same thing from another like people really say that out their mouth and I'm like I'm like guys like are they wrong though? Like when they get to their senior year, won't they still have options among us as black women? Yeah, I mean, like it's almost like we are that reliable. You know what I mean? To the point where these statements are not untrue. Like they yeah. are like, you know, these are attainable things for them because like, and I have friends exactly like that. Like I have friends I have never seen with a black woman in my life, but they're like, oh, I'm marrying a black woman. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. But like, it's to a certain extent it's true and I feel like that goes back to the point of like our moms and stuff and this is not even to get down on black women for you know loving black men or you Mm -hmm. know be there for black men but I think there's that idea of like a lot of times we are so reliable we are so dependable that like we are always there to be fallen back on (laughs) almost so it's like why would they like I know so many black men who love their mom. Like their mom is the fa- their favorite character in their story, but like they still treat every other black woman like shit. And but they know that when they're going through something, they can fall back on their mom or like their best black girlfriend or whatever the case may be, because we will always be there regardless. You know, so I feel like yeah. almost maybe we've just normalized. Um, this kind of treatment or like maybe a deeper feeling of like unworthiness i don't know but like and it's i feel like it's how much of that is is really your fault though how do you like you can't get knocked for normalizing motherhood like normalizing like support as like a mom some relationship you can't get knocked for that i think that a lot of it the onus falls on like the black black dudes being able to say, wait, like you're not my mom. Like it's that simple. Like you're you are not, I am not looking. I think a lot of black men in a lot of ways look for another mother. Right? And they since they like you said accustomed to that dependability that they got from their mom, their goal is to always try to find out again, right? And another black woman. Which is kind of like weird and nasty as hell if you think about it. Cause it's like in. But like that I think that's really the thought process. If it's unconscious, it's there. If it's if they're conscious of it, and then still making the decision to say something like, "Oh, well, you know, my senior year, I'm gonna," you know, that's just weird to me. It's a weird behavior. But I mean, part of me is like, well, how? I, when you hear someone who's like so loud and so wrong, but loud with it, it's like, yeah. Thank you for being honest, but like, are you dead ass? Like, are you like serious? It's hard to understand. Yeah. It's. Another part of your poem I thought was really interesting was 
the conversation you would have with other black women when it's amongst you guys and that being so drastically different than the conversations black men have about black women right 22 years i've been alive on this earth 22 long fucking years and like my best friends are black and when i'm around like them and their dudes i don't think i've ever heard a conversation like that that wasn't inherently like sexual in the sense where it's like oh yeah she's bad she's bad or like i'm gonna get at her or it's never like that supportive like oh wow she's going places and she's like unless of course like it's on the verge of wait i'm about to lose her and like i am now aware of this at the very end like the cusp of our relationship i'm like damn i don't want to lose this but i don't think i've ever heard those like those words so i thought we speak more about that and like that difference between conversations yeah. Yeah, I think this is something I've always been trying to grapple with because, like, I love I love us as black women. <laughs> I try my best to, like, you know, be as supportive as possible. But it's so frustrating sometimes just being around other black women and, like, just the way, like, I'm going to say we just regard black men so highly like in the group chats and in just smaller circles they're like oh my god he's so fine like look at him and then just listen all of these characteristics he's so (laughs) sweet he calls his mom every day and then look at him he's doing big things he works so hard he got this internship yada 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 i'm just like oh my god like this makes me so sad like every time because like it's not even like i'm a hater but listen i'll accept the title i guess but like i i am happy for you know my black male friends when they accomplish things you know or i'm like when they dress up i'm like okay period you know you look good yeah. today whatever the case may be but i am also very aware of like the lack of that <laughs> on my like on the receiving end for me you know like there's so many times where I literally have to tell my girlfriends like because we're in a group chat with like a lot of our friends um it's like a very co-ed group chat in a sense where it's like about evenly split with like um men and women in this group chat and it's about yeah. like maybe 12 of us right but every time any of the men accomplish anything anytime they dress up for anything everybody's in chat like oh my god you guys are so cute okay earrings you know you know whatever and i'm just like all right you know it's not necessarily bad that we are gassing them up this way or they are i tend to not partake but like i'm always like y'all we dress up every weekend (laughs) you know like you literally just got this job opportunity or you were just in this like space you know you just accomplished this great thing where was that energy in the group chat you know where's that energy on instagram with reposting oh my god black men they love to gas each other up on instagram they're like with my big bro like I'm trying yeah. to get like ooh, ah, ah, ah. and like a lot of times like this is also speaking to straight black men more specifically so I <laughs> would want to make that distinction but like that same energy is not given to black women like if they're reposting or commenting on anything that is because they're trying to talk to you a lot of the times and like it's not necessarily coming from like a I'm proud of you you know or like I see what you're doing I recognize your efforts or just like you look good today you really slayed that wig today my sis like none of that you know like it's just not 
there and it, I feel like it really sucks and like I I think one thing that really stuck with me from like one of the conversations I had with um, some of the younger members of some of the organizations that I'm in that are also black women was like, okay, to speak like for BWSN, for example, the Black Women Support Network on campus, mm-hmm. we plan a lot of events that appeal to the quote unquote whole community in that like you know we'll plan an event everybody's welcome to come but then we recognize that we've been slacking on the sister circles and sister circles are events that are supposed to be catering to black women very specifically and they're supposed to happen like on a weekly bi-weekly basis and that tends to not happen because we're putting so much efforts into planning these like community-wide events and like we talk about that a lot you know where it's like you know are we neglecting our responsibilities to black women because we're trying so hard to you know example they were planning a freshman mixer and they were like oh should we make this for all the freshmen you know because like a lot of the guys like it seems like there aren't many support networks on campus for them right now because like a lot of the black men's group like we've just heard nothing from for a very long time like do y'all even exist anymore you know whereas like there are at least three very strong active black women's orgs on campus so then our girls in planning their freshman mixer are here like oh should we invite all the guys and like everybody in between you know all the non-binary whatever and we're just like dang you know like they ended up doing it just for black women and i think that had a lot to do with like the board's influence on their decision but like you know, we were talking about it, they were like, you know, one thing that we love about us is that, you know, a lot of times we can be nurturing, you know, and caring Mm -hmm. and that kind of backbone of the community. And like, in many ways, I guess that's something to be proud of. So they were like, I don't want to change that about us. I don't want to change that about me. They need to change, you know, and I just feel like that's something that sucks too. It's like, as a Black woman, do I want to encourage other Black women to abandon black men to you know to stop caring to <laughs> yeah. stop you know or is it more so like they need to change but it's like how will how will they change if you're always so dependable it's like when you talk about a relationship you're like okay well if you want to text him back if you're always there when he texts you then he's always gonna think that you're gonna yeah. be there for him because you are you know and it's like it's almost like that on a larger scale it's like if we're always going to be there then why would you think any differently you know do what you I mean? enable it or not how do we like not enable it right yeah it's like even the fact that the freshman had the, the the thought to say hey let's do this we make it open to black men too and everyone in between that way we can be that inclusive I don't know how many black male or black men groups would have had that same oh thought. God, none of them. No, <laughs> in the same sense where it's like, just like we can be open, or if, even if they they've seen they've acknowledged that there are three other very prominent black women organizations. I don't think n- many of them would say, "Hey, let's you know make it so super inclusive." And if they do, the former foremost thought will most likely be, "Oh well, let's see who's." who's bad and who's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be, like, genuine. Right, and, like, like, that's, like, definitely a conversation we have in terms of, like, you know, I don't think it should be necessarily on the Black men's groups in particular, on the Black women's groups in particular, because we have these co-ed spaces, like the BSU, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, but a lot of times, like, the things that we do are because we recognize a lack elsewhere, you know, and it's, like, 
for spaces that are supposed to be for black people collectively like black men's issues tend to be at the forefront and then everybody else can just wait behind so it's like you know it it just feels like the black women's groups are going to be the ones to have these kinds of thoughts and feelings and like take those kinds of initiatives most of the time yeah i wonder how much of it comes from the fact that we think about and i think i'm guilty of this sometimes i tried to check myself again but we think about things as being very black and white where it's like, okay black and white not like the sense of race but just as two separate groups there being black men issues and black women issues right a while back i had a conversation with one of my best friend in the world is a black girl and her boyfriend is a black dude and we all had a conversation that i never thought i would ever have in my entire life largely because I thought it was just the stupidest, like, how can you even sit here and say this and be so loud and wrong? But for him, it was the fact that, like, he felt that a lot of Black women make Black, they have Black women issues, and they take away from Black male issues, right? And I was like, wait, are you, like, are you, again, are you dead ass? Like, wait, the, the, the Black issues, just because they are Black woman issues, right? They are, in fact, Black issues. And if Black women are bringing light to these issues, it's because of the simple fact that they don't get any airtime. They're not really talked about, right? The specific example we're talking about was, um, I'm like, I'm going to give you the opportunity to gag beforehand because you're like, what the hell? But it was with Black women and infant mortality rates, right? And pregnancy. And I was like, well, that's like a very valid thing. Black women are like disproportionately affected when it comes to maternity rates. Not to mention like hospital like issues too. Like, there's so many cases of white doctors saying, "Oh well, like you're okay. Like, you're, you're physically strong. You're not. That, there's no problems with you." And end up dying or their child dies because they don't get that same type of treatment that anyone else would get. And he's like, "But like black men don't get listened to by doctors too." It's like, like what? <laughs> like okay, the point. I think a lot of the time people, they think about it as them being in, and this is a part of a bigger conversation that I always like the, actually the report on last semester about the idea of black masculinity. I feel like a lot of black men think about black masculinity as being in contest or in opposition to black femininity, right? It's always versus never together. And it's always like, well, you know, we're doing this, so how come they have to say this if we're also facing these issues. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Do you think that black men always is it is their masculinity always organized in a way where it's in opposition to black femininity? And if so, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. I think one thing that I thought about, like while you were like talking about that conversation you had and. Mm-hmm asking the question was kind of going back to the statement the Kambahi River Collective statement like I remember there are parts of that where they were talking about the difficulties they like encountered trying to organize black women and mm-hmm. that like a lot of times black men were so resistant to black women organizing on black women's issues because they were like oh you know this is going to stunt the movement you know like if you guys go and focus on these issues that only pertain to you then you know it kind of detracts from the energy of the larger movement for black people more broadly and it's like 
that was something like that was really interesting that they said you know this is an issue that we encountered like it is very difficult to organize black women around black feminist issues you know because Mm -hmm. it's like we've been so conditioned to worry about the community quote unquote which really just means to worry about black men and like that you know it's almost like we are resistant to you know giving power to our own you know like circumstances and i feel like that is is so true and i feel like that's still true today in a sense that like when you think about these different movements that are going on you know you have the feminist movement which a lot of times feels like a white woman's cause and then you have black lives matter more broadly which a lot of times feels like we're fighting for black men and that's who we're fighting for period you know then it's just like where is that space for you and part of creating that space for yourself comes with deeming yourself worthy of that space (laughs) and it's like where do you find that sense of worthiness when you've almost committed your entire life to supporting everyone but you even like on a very individual scale like i feel like that's something that a lot of black women encounter is that you know like everyone else's problems are more important than yours and like because you're a strong black woman your issues can be dealt with later because you are expected to be there to support everyone around you and then it's like okay if this is an individual experience that a lot of us are having then what does that say for our collective experience as black women and why is it and why it's so hard to organize on our own issues and i definitely feel like to your question like a lot of the times black men's i guess resistance to supporting us has to do with you know their own masculinity and the issues that they deemed more worthy of prioritization and like I don't know, like, I, I can already hear it, like, I can already feel it in my bones, like, if I was like, oh my god, guys, I sat and talked to Bryson, like, you should definitely go check out his podcast if he posts yeah. it or anything like that, I can already feel it in my DMs, like, oh, not all Black men, all of us don't do that, uh. I don't do that, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh god, like, <laughs> this is like, you are missing it, you are missing the point, like, there are some Black men who I follow and that follow me that I can depend on to be in my DMs on some not all black men. I, I just know, I just know. I'm like, all right, I just got a DM from this person. I already know what that shit says. I, I literally already know what it says. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, that's also part of the issue. It's like when you try to remove yourself from the problem, you yeah. know, because like, it's like, yes, there is a collective identity here at the end of the day. And sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes it's not fair. And that's just the reality of it. You know, I don't move how every other Black woman moves, you know, so why should I be categorized as such? But it's like, at the end of the day, you have to realize how the way that you've been socialized, the way that your identity has been socially constructed is oppressive to other people. So when we speak on these issues, you are a part of the problem because unless you are actively combat, it's like white people. It's not enough to just be racist. You have to be anti-racist. So yeah, I mean, I to your answer, the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's the thing. It's funny you say that where it's like, it's always about, especially black men or anybody who's in the opposite end of an oppressive situation or oppressive dynamic. It's always about recognizing that, yes, you may not be out there like with, sign saying like i hate black women 
right? <laughs> you may not you may not have that out there specifically, but we all have, and I don't care who you are, honestly, you have been socialized to be aware of these things. And there are things where you just don't think twice about, right? And it, it's, a, it's a tough thing to kind of like deal with and think to yourself, wait, like, am I like assisting to this? Or am I like, and it could be things where you, the example I gave you, the Michelle Obama thing, I had never thought in a million years that I was contributing to this like oppressive system by me saying, Leo, I want me a Michelle Obama. I never would have thought that, right? But in so many ways, it is like assisting to that in, inhuman experience that Black women are always forced to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Even with the idea with things where we say stuff like, and it, it actually took, um, they weren't Black, but it was another uh, Latinx friend of mine who kind of like caught me out on this. And I was like, well, damn, that's a valley. I'm going to change that. Me saying things like strong Black woman, or like me mm-hmm. saying things like strong woman type thing, right? They were like, well, well, no, we don't like to be caught. Like, why do we have to be strong, right? That's always, that's, again, it's an inhuman stance we're holding Black women to, right? And it was like, I, again, me, who I was like, well, damn, I could never be like, blah. Thought to myself, well, wait, that's a very valid thing. And even though I may be trying to assist to something and like affirming that belief, nah, I'm still like contributing to the opposite end of that, to the oppressive system. I ended up changing, I typically say like powerful Black women. That way, like, adds a bit more autonomy, and it's like, okay, you could be powerful, but still, you know, struggle. Right. That's a very valid thing. So, no, I'm with you. Yeah, like that's like a super interesting point because I think another thing, like, I did my senior research project in high school Mm -hmm. on like black womanhood, and I remember like we had to look for like I don't know. One thing that I ended up writing on was the hashtag black girl magic right and like the circulation of that and I feel like it kind of ties in with the oh you're my Michelle or you're a strong black woman to a certain extent where it's like on the surface it's hard to see anything wrong with that you know it's hard to see anything wrong with being compared to Michelle Obama because you know we love Michelle for the most part. You know, it's like, it's not even to be like, oh, I don't want to be Michelle because yeah. Michelle is not something to aspire to. You know, it's more so that like, what does this mean to you? You know, what is Michelle a symbol of to you? You know, and I feel like when I was doing this reading, it was like a piece in like Elle magazine um, by someone. Um, and she was just saying, you know, here's why I don't really like I can't really get behind like hashtag black girl magic it was really interesting because I feel like black girl magic was something that empowered a lot of people you know on Instagram it's like something that you're excited to you know attach to your posts to a certain extent because you're like look at me you know almost like reclaiming my time reclaiming my my personhood you know and like look at how great I am you know like look at all the beautiful things that come with being a black woman you know here look at me being talented or look at me being cute you know or look at me being smart but it's like that idea of like when you say black girl magic it's kind of going back to that thing we were talking about of like you know, being elevated to superhuman to a certain extent, you know, magic is not necessarily something that any of us humans, you know, have the power to perform. And like, it's like, when we say stuff like that, you know, are we 
like almost reaffirm it's like and it's hard because as oppressed people you know it's hard trying to find that space for yourself so it's like anything that's not making me subhuman is valid for me you know and it's like right. let's all sit <laughs> let's all gather around it you know what i mean black girl magic shit is better than black bitch you know like it's better than what i've been called every day growing up you know so like let's let's all run to this one but it's just like you know, where do we find that balance where it's like we can be human just like everyone else like us expressing anger isn't black woman anger as much as it's just like you know you can get mad i can get mad and it's not even like it's not even like to be naive about the you know the very like unique problems that black men face with like this intersectional identity you know so obviously like the anger of a black woman a lot of times is rooted in something very systemic but at the same time it's just like you know we don't have the opportunity to be vulnerable in the same ways you know we don't have the opportunity to feel the feelings that a lot of other people get to feel and we don't give ourselves that opportunity a lot of the time because we do feel like there's a standard we need to be living up to. And I feel like that's why, like, even, like, the media plays such a huge role in shifting that perspective. And, like, that's why I really love How to Get Away with Murder. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but, like, okay, it's so just like, so... Okay, okay, right here. I got some thoughts about How to Get Away with Murder, right? So, like, loved it, and I'm going to talk... Well, my, I was having an entire conversation about how to get rid of murder. It's okay. I love it. So here's the thing, right? A huge fan, right? Watched it like every single Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was when it first aired. Watched it like it was like my life depended on it, right? I loved it. I fucking loved it, actually. Especially compared it to like, compared to the reason to like, um, what was it? Scandal, right? I wasn't really here for Scandal that much because just for me, like, I was like, well, how come it, it's, this is a show, this is something I kind of peeped about a bunch of shows beforehand. Mm-hmm. Before Scandal, before How to Get Murder, it was like, you can have a really strong black, a strong woman in the show, but like their weakness is always a man. Have you noticed that before? Like, it's always like either love or like some type of like relationship thing where that's like, that that's their like weakness. They can't, everyone else is no bullshit, super strong. But with a man, it's like, now the defenses crumble. And that may be a reality in a lot of ways, but like when it was so obvious, I was like, well, damn, this is like annoying, right? The exceptions I felt like were with like Lauren Order SVU, like Mar- uh, what was her name? Stay- that was the one, but even looking back at that now, I feel like all police shows are nothing but police propaganda, different <laughs> conversation. But like that and how to get away with murder, I was like, yo, like Annalise Keating is really that woman like I lived for her like everything like loved it because she was vulnerable but you never thought like it was like a you know it was always like oh yo she's just just so you know she's like that but she's also you know with the shit yeah. but up until season like four and I was like okay now I was getting stupid because at this point they're they're serial killers they're, they're killing somebody every single season and just like they're okay with it but yeah yeah what are you gonna say I think uh, that's a really interesting point like when you say that their weakness is always like a man at the end of the day and like I don't know like I feel like that's something I need to think more about but like I literally just finished like the series like like last month <laughs> but like I felt like 
I felt like Annalise, unlike mm-hmm. many of the other female characters, especially like the white um, woman characters in this show, uh, yeah, were like she was often the person like believing these lies that these men are telling you. You know, why do you have so much faith in these men? You know, <laughs> yeah. and like a lot of the times, like I would agree that Annalise's like struggles, that a lot of her issues were rooted in like like the men around her mm-hmm. um i would say though i feel like to many like in many says that's like the reality i think to your point that reality, like yeah. you, had, you had said and like i think especially like the show did such a good job of like creating that kind of that backstory like mm-hmm setting that context that like you can tell ever from her childhood like since her childhood her father just played a huge role in just damaging her view of men and then on top of that her experiences with sexual assault like from a family member so I feel like that had a like that I feel like does a good job of like not necessarily paint like making these women's like weaknesses men as much as like men have been a consistent source of trauma and mm-hmm. therefore like their different encounters with men tend to you know like trigger something there there's an aspect of ptsd there and yeah. i definitely feel like that's something i check myself about sometimes because my mom thinks that i hate men right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah she i hate men and like one thing that she tells me is like i feel like she gets fearful of whether or not i'm gonna get married sometimes because she's just like you just be pushing back too much on these men like and <laughs> like even right now like i have a boyfriend i feel like the way that i talk everybody thinks that i'm just like anti-man i'm like yeah i got a little black men that i love and appreciate or whatever you know but it's just like at the end of the day that does not change well i i do think that it has a positive impact on the way I'm able to because I don't want to do the same thing of dehumanizing black men to the scum of the earth (laughs) you know I mean like and I definitely want to check myself to make sure I'm not just being like a supreme hater but at the same time I'm just like these are my experiences with black men and I realize that this is a collective experience because even when I posted this on Instagram like more than my words, which I did not proofread, like I said, like, I I barely even knew what I said at that point, but then the comments, there were so many comments, and everybody was just, like, replying to me, they're like, oh my god, thank you for saying this, like, I've been trying to say this for so long, or just people adding to it in the comments, they're like, and another point on the colorism, yes, da-da-da-da-da, you know, and I was just like, dang, you know, like, it's like, on the one hand, like, yes, I'm happy that this is something that, like, I guess a lot of people can use to recognize that they're not alone but at the same time like people are recognizing that that's not a lot that they're not alone and that's not valid either you know who wants to be united in a collective experience of pain like nobody I feel like that's just not cute and like I really realize that sometimes I have to check myself like does this have a lot to do with my own relationship with my father which is not great at all you know or like does this have to do with like just the way that I've seen him treat my mother you know and I'm just like this is not it at all you know and I I'm somebody who like I'm not always in a relationship but like Mm -hmm somebody's always trying to talk to me like and like and it's not even to be like gassing myself at all because I just don't even see that as gas at all (laughs) if if it's the case it's the case you know what I mean you can't 
and I just feel like it I don't know like I still find myself being able to you know be in relationships with black men and really give a lot of myself to you know ensuring their well-being so like in many ways I'm still guilty of the things that I would like black women to change about how we approach situations so it's like those are things I'm so guilty of but I do realize the ways in which you know my own like relationship with my father and my own relationship with older men like just seeing the way older men have operated throughout my life definitely impacts and like adds fuel to the fire that yeah. i just feel about black men as a collective so yeah i was gonna say what makes me feel and i say this i've been saying this for the longest what, makes, what gives me hope about like the younger generation about going forward and about us being able to do what our I, I I don't want to say ancestors ancestors because it wasn't like it was like a generation ago or so. It, for many of us, it honestly was a generation or so ago. So like our like our family, our older generation's families, we get to do what they couldn't do, and we're aware of this, right? And so much has changed. You see that the, I don't know if you see those like tweets or those memes when it's like, oh, like marriage rates are going down or like divorces at an all time high. Like we need to be like. Um, the old generations, like, how come they stayed together and we can't? Well, y'all, women weren't allowed to have bank accounts since, like, the 70s. So, like, what do you mean? <laughs> it, it makes sense. What makes me happy is the fact that we're able to, like, acknowledge it and then do better, right? Mm -hmm. To the point where, if we're lucky, it'll be completely eradicated. Fingers crossed. Who knows, honestly? But just acknowledging these issues and even if we're we acknowledge our own complicity in it too, whether unknowing or just knowingly, I think that like in twenty or so years, it's gonna definitely be much better than how we shit. Like our children, if we wanna have children, are gonna be like, Well, how come my our parents were like this? Like, what do you mean? Like a lot of the stuff that we went through and the way we were is gonna be completely an antiquated and we're gonna move more towards an equitable, equal society. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like we need to have hope in some sense. Like, as mm -hmm. as angry as many Black women are, like as many of us are, and I feel rightfully so. I think a lot of times, like the things that allow you to put that anger into action or to you know kind of endure in that fight is mm -hmm. an underlying like idea of hope because I don't think you really fight for anything if you really ultimately believe that it will not change exactly. so although like change seems very a very long way away like <laughs> at times it's very hard for me to see um I definitely feel like there must be some reason why I still care and still try so yeah, yeah. that's that's a lot I do want to end off by saying thank you so much for having this really like thought-provoking open-minded conversation. I feel like I learned a lot. It made me rethink a lot of things that I thought I was pretty assured in, and thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for inviting me to have this conversation. Like, as I said, I don't think I ever really got the opportunity to unpack what I had said. I kind of just, like, said it and then threw it out into the abyss to let <laughs> it, you know, that's, marinate. That's the best time. For, that's the best Sometimes it's like about just writing, getting it out there and like never looking at it again, just to get it out there into the ether and you're, you're good. Mm -hmm. so. Yes, yeah, so I'm really happy I had the opportunity to talk about it. And thank you 
black men for engaging <laughs> in the conversation. Um, and I definitely invite you to like, you know, I, I guess you don't necessarily have to agree with everything that I'm saying. Like it, it's, it's the truth of my lived experience and a yeah. lot of people's lived experiences. And like, I definitely feel like there can be the, yes, like I totally agree with you. Da, da, da. And then it's like, there's those things where it's like, huh, I don't know about this, you know, but a lot of times it tends to be like, like that point of being introspective also you know and be like why don't i agree with this why does this not yeah. so well with me and i appreciate you um doing that too and asking those questions so yeah thank you for that as well you definitely made it easy if there were things that i was like wait no nah. i would be like wait i would have been like wait no nah. but you everything you said just to like give you peace of mind i know you need there or anything but like everything that you said it was like a very logical like even if it is your very lived experience, it's coming from a place of like factuality and like it's it's so factual that I think about I want to mention this earlier, I'll say this in, before we end, but the fact that like it's as it's as prevalent and clear as the response as to the GoFundMe's for Breonna Taylor versus the George Floyd, right? If you look at that, it's like it took months for her to get the five hundred thousand dollar um goal months and it was only after someone pointed out and was like wait like this hasn't even met its quota when he had like 16 million by that time no. something that's like very like ex overt and like you can't even you can't men lie women lie but numbers don't it's like you can't even like <laughs> yeah and i i just hope that like ultimately one thing that i really try to work on is that everything that i say is coming from a place of love regardless and it's mm -hmm. not even like okay so let's end on a place where everybody can like and you know like it, it is what it is like people don't, yeah like black men sometimes they don't they don't be liking me but it's okay you know like it's like fundamentally i think that's the thing that makes it the most painful is that it does ultimately come from a place of love i think if it did come from a place of like hatred or just like yeah yeah then like it would be easier to be honest it'd be easier <laughs> because yeah. i could just be like i hate you and therefore i just don't even care you know but it's it's actually the opposite of that so i just hope that ultimately that shines through and it's not just like a latoya hater of black men but you know <laughs> i care enough to try so yeah sure thank you so much we've been talking for a few minutes i'm let you go and enjoy the rest of your saturday good luck in your finals and See you next week when we present. I'm sure they're gonna love your poem. <laughs> Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye.